Hello, and welcome to Casually Profound. I'm your host, Lauren McLean, bringing you conversations with friends about how we apply spiritual concepts into our everyday lives. I'm joined by a fabulous group of women today who are all here to talk about tarot and how we have incorporated this into our lives and built a practice and have developed our skills and everything around tarot. I'm so, so, so excited for this conversation. So welcome, Liz, Rachel, and Larissa. Thank you so much for joining me today. So today's group came together in a little bit of an interesting way. Larissa is an old friend that I've had for several years um, who I watched Larissa start her tarot journey and start reading and everything with Oracle cards and, and making the readings public and that kind of thing, which has been such a phenomenal journey to watch you do. Um, I'm so excited to hear what you have to say about all this stuff. Uh, Rachel is an internet friend who I just lurked on her Instagram page for many years and then was messaged her being like, ready to be best friends? We're going to do podcast episodes together. And um, we have been internet friends that get to continue to meet on the internet and hopefully we'll meet in real life one day. And when I asked Rachel who she would like to have a conversation about Tara with, she was like, the femme genius. You have to have Liz on. She's so cool. Um, and so I reached out to Liz and here we are. So welcome everybody. Thank you so much for joining. Um, Liz, would you like to talk a little bit about yourself and how you came into the practice and all that kind of thing? Sure. So my name is Liz. You can find me on Instagram at the Femme Genius. We have a lot of fun over there. And my story, I feel like, is not unlike many people's stories where I was working in the corporate world and I started having this awakening. I started watching... YouTube tarot readings all the time, like on my commute to and from work, I'd be on the bus just like secretly watching like Sagittarius, what's the week ahead look like? And I got, I was just having so much fun with it. And I've always been interested in the paranormal. I think ghost investigations are super cool. Um, you know, I like to dabble in a lot of different things, but the tarot really spoke to me on that verbal level where I felt like, oh, this is so cool that you can pull a whole story out of these cards and it's different every time. And one time I was watching a YouTube video on the bus and somebody pulled like the eight of pentacles or something. And it, I immediately in my head was like, oh, work looks good. And I was like, oh my gosh, where did that come from? And I was like, oh, this is so cool. I, I like, I can get by a little bit in this language. Ooh, I better go buy a deck of cards and like play around with this. And the David Bowie song, Starman, had been playing in my head, just the chorus had been playing in, on my he- in my head on repeat for a couple of weeks. And I went to this esoteric shop and I was looking for a deck of cards and I thought I was picking up this like angel tarot And right behind it was the Starman tarot. And I was like, oh no, (laughs) this looks complicated. (laughs) This is intense. That's an intense deck. But I was like, I guess I have to. And so I bought that deck and it was like being pushed into the deep end to the hundredth degree, really 
starting to like connect with that deck because it made me work for it. Like the energy of that deck made me really want it, made me really work for that connection. And once that connection was open and I really started hearing my intuitive voice coming through me, um, it was like the biggest high I ever, I'd ever gotten. It felt like really intimate love letters coming to me, like, but from within the house, I was like, this is how I really feel about myself. This is amazing. And I was like, oh, I, I just need to be doing this all the time. So then I'd like get my coworkers. I worked at a software company. I was the lawyer. I was the corporate lawyer at a software company. And I'd like pull my coworkers that I trusted. And I'd be like, hey, you want to see about these cards? And like pull them into like an unused meeting room and be like, let me give you a reading. <laughs> um, but people were like, oh my gosh, this is blowing my mind. I was like, right? This is blowing my mind too. So that's been my... And and then from there, I I jumped off in April 2020, like many of us did around that time, where I just said, you know what, fuck this job, I I'm gonna go ahead and use this time to really expand with this, and I've been kind of like bumping along, growing and expanding with the tarot as my job for the past three years now. So that's that's my journey. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Rachel, would you like to share a little bit about what your journey and experience has been so far? Sure. So I was, I came to Tarot after a really difficult um, personal time in my life. I was, I was starting to allow myself to actually listen to my intuition. And for some reason, it just scared the absolute shit out of me. So I, I think because I had spent um, the, large majority of my life ignoring it and just kind of going off of default that I had, um, you know, for lack of better words, programmed from like the trauma and I have a lot of um, like religious upbringing trauma as well. So I was just taught to, from a very early age, um, I would question a lot of the things that I was being taught. And I was basically reinforced by my teachers, caregivers to ignore those things. So um, I was going through um, breaking off an engagement and I was just like, okay, which one of these identities is like actually me? And I started, um, I bought my first tarot deck. I wish I could remember the magic of that moment, but I think it was actually a really dark moment. Um, And I just remember like my first few polls just using, I think the guidebook that it came with. And I was like, there's something here. Like I, there's things that are being reflected from my intuitive side and not from this, whatever chatter, whatever else is going on um, in my brain. And so, yeah, that was in like 2000, 2018. And it has just been a beautiful it's just evolved beautifully since then because now I'm able to, as I study more, um, you know, just psychology, um, trauma-informed work in general and, you know, occult and other practices. I'm just like loving every second of connecting the two and I'm trying to, um, you know, see where it can, where it can take my, um, my sessions. So yeah, right now I'm, I think that I might be leaning towards um, using it for um, 
like trauma, trauma informed kind of guidance slash medical intuitive stuff. So we'll see. It's unfortunately not my full time gig right now. So um, I hope eventually to get there. But that's that's where I'm at. Full time gigs in a paying job are also enormously helpful in getting all of those legs underneath you yeah. and like getting all of that set up in a nice at a nice pace instead of being like holy shit I have to know right now to pay my hydro bill yeah um, tried that before so. um was not the greatest on my nervous system so <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure Larissa would you like to tell us a little bit more about yourself sure so I'm Larissa um Rick, I don't know I think I was in grade 11 when I got my first oracle deck I went for a reading from someone I don't I don't know what drew me to it um like if if you've heard the other podcast I was on with Lauren like I'm a recovering addict and so like I just did everything and anything to shut my intuition off like I that voice and um so and yeah, in grade 11, I went for a reading and I don't really remember what it was, but there was something about it. And she told me, she's like, you can do this. And I was like, what? You're kidding. <laughs> and so I still have the deck. Actually, I was thinking I grabbed it before. This is the very first deck I bought. Um, and then I, you know, I didn't do anything with it, really, just with myself. Um, so fast forward to... 2019, 2020, um, I had moved to BC and I came back to Winnipeg and I grabbed a different deck, um, Shadowscapes Tarot, and that I really connected with. Um, so that's the deck that I use all the time now. Um, but I was doing tarot readings, like, like Lauren says, like I was every day doing like pick a cards for my followers and, um, lives and stuff. I've kind of not like I I don't do it often. I did one the other day at like three in the morning because I couldn't sleep. Um, and I think a part like I don't know. There's still a part of me that like the aid of like that that judgment and that self doubt. It still comes up pretty strongly for me. Um, but I know I'm intuitive. Like, and I think a part of the reason I don't do it so big and openly is like. Um, for myself, like that fear of hearing what I don't want to hear. Cause I know that I'm going to hear what I need to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have to take action. I have to be brave enough to, to do the thing. Um, so I've done a few like tarot readings for other people. I love like just doing it for my friends and stuff. If they're having a, a hard time, I'll just like throw it out there. Um, and I've tried to make it like a thing, like I'll post like, you know, um, readings available and stuff but it's just maybe it's just I'm not the energy that I'm holding for myself isn't like as open as it could be um so it's something I'm working on um but I do love connecting and I do love like looking at these pictures and as was shared like the story that they tell and how different they can be for the different sitters that I have had um it's really neat it's really neat and like I have been able to actually like channel things like even without my tarot cards. And so that's what I know, like 
there's something here in me and it wants to come through. Um, but I have to be open to, to that. And so I just, again, thank you for inviting me to this, to listen to other people that read tarot. Um, it's, it is a good thing for me. So thank you. Well, I want to recognize you in that I also wanted you to be here to speak because I have heard you talk about tarot and heard you give readings and that kind of thing. And I felt what you bring through when you do this. And it is unique. There is a very special thing in it when you do it. And I, so... And the reason why I know that is I have several other friends who are all intuitive and that kind of thing. And of course, everybody has cards. It's funny, that deck that you have at Daily Guidance was also my first deck. Um, So I came into tarot from a childhood of like a very Christian upbringing. And so tarot was like very scary and like dark and like, oh my gosh. And so when I was a teenager when I was first being mentored in energy work, the very first thing that I was introduced to was that deck of cards, the daily messages from your angels. And um, so I had been reading Oracle cards for like 10 years um, and was very comfortable with Oracle cards, had a bunch of different decks by that point. And um, one of my friends, uh, Paula, who I had made recently, she was over at my house and she had a deck of tarot cards with her. And they were the Wild Unknown tarot cards, um, which is kind of the like 2018, everybody had them. They like exploded in 2018. Anyways, she had this deck, she brought them over to my house and I was like, these aren't that scary. These aren't that bad, I could do these. And so and I was kind of watching her read them being like, oh, that's not for me. And then after like a week of her being at my house, I was like, hand those fuckers over. Let's go. <laughs> and um, put them down and was like, I knew what they meant. I just knew. And she had, obviously that deck comes with its own guidebook. Um, but she had an additional book that was like independently published from any deck. It was just like a tarot guidebook. I remember opening the guidebook and being, it was just like, it was a small square book. And then like you each card had kind of like two pages had a, had a little spread in in the book and we were reading it being like where's the rest of it like there's so this is abysmal this is terrible there's like nothing in here and like it means so much more than that because and then I could just feel the like links clicking between astrology and tarot and everything that I was seeing written down was like so woefully inadequate. And I was like, there's so much more to this. There's so, so, so much more. And so I ended up um, a couple times being in a bookstore and like these books would like jump off the shelves at me and be like, I'm the one. And then I'd open it up and it's literally just like charts and graphs and like the most insane detail of like what note it connects to and what flavor and what archangel and like all of the things. And, um, that so finally having all that data, I was like, oh yes, this is what I was looking for. This is what makes sense to me. And um but like the way that you meld that data and the intuitive side and everything is so unique. And Larissa, the way you specifically do it, I have loved watching. And so and I respect it so much because like I said, I've watched these other friends who do things in their own way. And I'm watching this being like there's so much more data. There's so much more stuff going into this. And I never have that feeling when I see you read or hear stuff that you have read. And so I just need to say that I do respect it immensely. And you're here. You're no place filler. 
you're no audience member. You're <laughs> like, you're on the podium. Um, and so I just need to recognize you for that. Well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you're it. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I am, I kind of want to start with a divisive question to start with. Um, I'm curious about everybody's opinions on tarot versus oracle cards. And we're going to put an imaginary um, opposition here that doesn't actually exist. But I just want, I'm curious um, what your thoughts are on tarot specifically versus oracle cards. Because there's an oracle card for every thing imaginable. There's a, there's a separate deck and there's more coming out every day. Um, I definitely have an opinion on this, but I'm curious if anybody else wants to leap off or has an opinion, wants to start with this. So I think you kind of mentioned it. Like I'm kind of along the same, like Oracle for me was just a lot more, a, a gentle way of introducing me to connecting with my intuition because I'm looking at these cards and like, they also have like a little blurb on them too. Right. But when I started reading them, like, yeah, okay. It was, it, that was what it was for me. But the more I sunk in, um, I was getting more, like more was being downloaded to me. And then eventually it was like, you need a tarot deck. Like this is no longer. And so then I went and bought um, the, Doreen's like angel tarot cards. That was my first tarot deck. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just a gentler, like a softer, gentle way of introducing you to connecting to your intuition um, and tarot. Like I, when I draw like three of these cards in a row, I can still kind of tell a story. Um, but with tarot, it's much more in depth and it like the way it intertwines for me. Um, it's, it's just, yeah, more, more in depth. That's my opinion on that. I don't think one is better than the other. Um, mm -hmm. I think this is a beautiful way to just start trusting your intuition. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I agree with Larissa where I feel like the Oracle cards are useful and they're really helpful to create that safety in your channel to really feel like, okay, I can trust what's coming in. And then how you said where the messages started becoming more and more in depth. And the way that I experienced that process is that, you know, we're creating more and more safety in our channel and that way it can safely expand. You know, we know that what we're bringing in, we can trust it, we can believe it, we can verbalize it. And the way that you were describing it, Larissa, for me, it's the exact same way where I felt like I expanded so much with the Oracle cards and I was getting a lot through, but the tarot really provided me with more of a framework to flow that information through, like getting those deeper readings, getting more information. And what had popped in, Lauren, when you first asked the question about like Oracle versus tarot, the image that popped in my head was Oracle cards to me feel like sitting around outside in a circle and like sharing ideas. And then the tarot is like going inside into a classroom and like taking those ideas and like really stretching them further and saying like, okay, let's, let's go deeper on this. So I think both are really valid. They're so helpful for opening our intuitive channels. Um, but exactly like Larissa said, like I felt like I got to a point where I needed more structure with the language and the ways that the energies were coming through. 
Mm-hmm. That's such a cool analogy. I love that. That was. I wish I had, you know, like a spicy take or something. But um, I, I actually, it took me a minute to buy my first Oracle deck, and I think I was just in a in a magic shop, and I just really liked the the artwork that was on the cover. I was like, ooh, that's I need that deck. Um, but I, I kind of use it, I guess, in reverse. So I will pull the tarot spread. And because I tend to talk about some really heavy shit as we, as we all do, but for some reason, mine tend to go in a direction of like, just brutal honesty about traumatic patterns. Um, I use the Oracle deck to, I, I usually ask it like, okay, what attributes of this person can we can we pull from to come out of this you know this dark period or um what's the light side of this and then my oracle deck will because mine i can't remember the name of it which i'm (laughs) embarrassed by but um it basically pulls like attributes like beauty nutrition um fulfillment um, sometimes it'll, you know, say like void extremes and all of that. So I usually use it as like a compliment to like, okay, I know that we're going through this, but what do you already have inside of you that you don't have to necessarily like, you know, struggle to cultivate in order for you to get help with this pattern. And then the Oracle deck's like, yay, like this is what it is. So <laughs> that, uh, that's how. They're, that's how I typically use them, but yeah, I'm I'm interested. I've had readings done um, from others where they use like a, a wild mix of both, and it was I just felt like it was a really some of the most complete, like very life altering readings that I've had. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool take. That I always call that the invitation. Um right that like every card is inviting you to to into something deeper and into something within yourself and i mean it's not like i invented that i'm pretty sure i learned that from Lindsay mack but um the it's cool that you use the oracle cards to be the bridge to that invitation yeah i love that yeah that's a beautiful way i'm saying it Mm -hmm. I met someone recently, um, one of my house sits that I did recently, I rocked up to the, to the place, the owner was still there and, um, right in like one of the windowsills, right. Very, very visible in the kitchen was a tarot deck. And I was like, yes, okay. <laughs> this is a perfect. Anyways, the conversation very quickly turns to these tarot cards and it turns out she bought them as a joke. It's like a gag gift. And I was like you wouldn't have bought yourself a deck of tarot cards if you didn't have some serious medicine that you were ready for um and so she was terrified of them the the joke was that the cards were scary between her and and the person she lived with and um so i was like hand those hand those over (laughs) normally i would never ask to touch another person's tarot deck um it's like a capital sin but i was like this deck seemed very open it was not aligned and to a person yet and so i was like yep hand them over let me show you let me show you and so pulled a pulled a reading for her of cards that were 
objectively and traditionally not it was not a fun spread it was like a three of swords and a four of swords and like like it was a moment it was a moment and then as I got talking with them it literally didn't even register until after I was done I was like oh this is a shitty reading um I didn't say that to her obviously because (laughs) it was just all focusing on the invitations and showing her how to how to find the bridge from like a three of swords to how do I heal myself and how to, what is, where is the invitation for healing and that kind of thing, right? Um, it was so beautiful because literally on the Three of Swords, I was explaining to her, I was like, traditionally this card um, symbolizes a lot of hurt. But if you look at the picture, look at the swords and how they're puncturing it, like, what do you do after you've been cut? Like, how do you, what, what comes next? And she goes, well, you heal. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> That's your reading. And she's like, oh, that was so, that was so good. That was so positive. Like, girl, I know that's how it goes. And so the, those invitations are such a powerful part. Now, the, the, the reason why I even asked this question of tarot, tarot versus Oracle cards um, is because I have often seen people use tarot as Oracle cards where there is no, looking at the lineage there's no looking at the traditional meanings of the cards it's just a pretty picture and there's some decks that I have come across with the proliferation of decks in general there has also been a proliferation of tarot decks and when you open up a new tarot deck um, and you start exploring it and looking at it and there's some decks where there is such a disconnect between the picture on the card Mm. and what it actually means that it's like burn this deck immediately or nothing to do with this deck and I know that there's some that like like I was given um there's a tattoo tarot where there's like it's all neo-traditional tattoo designs it's a beautifully designed deck and when I first got it I had not heard of the I'm gonna say the word wrong but it's like the Laurentian it starts with an L it's a French um strain of tarot that sprung off the Smith Rider weight. But anyways, I didn't realize that it was using those illustrations. And I saw like that, for example, like all the numbered cards were just like literally seven swords or that kind of thing. Like there was no, there was no symbols or anything within it. It was like literally just seven swords. I'm like, this is dumb. Like whoever, somebody got, you got someone off Fiverr to like fucking draw these things for you that had no idea what tarot was. You just said, draw seven swords and they did it. And like, here's a picture and here's a deck. And like, you can't read anything from it. There's nothing in it. And so the, but I like you having the intentionality to use an Oracle to layer on the tarot. I love, I think that's a fabulous way to bridge the two and the connection and find all those invitations and that kind of thing. How is this resonating with you, Larissa? I'm just kind of taking it in. I, I don't have many decks like tarot, like, and I don't really, I haven't been in a tarot shop in like a very long time. Um, but yeah, like I've, I've done that with my tarot deck, like just pulled one card, like kind of like, what do I need to know today? Um, but I do read into it. I don't just like look at the picture, but as soon as I look at it, I know exactly what I need to know. It just channels down. Um, but when I read for other people, like it's always minimum three cards, like to tell that story. I don't know how I would do with, um, a, a 
picture of like just seven swords. Like, I guess I would, yeah, just kind of trust that what needs to come down, like what I know and like the message that is meant to come down would come down. Um, Cause that's usually what happens. Like when I first started, like it was a lot of letting go of that judgment of myself and, and just say like, I remember when I first started reading to people, I'd be like, okay, like this is, this is just what I'm hearing. Like, this isn't me. This is just coming down. Cause sometimes it wouldn't be like so nice. Right. Um, and so now, like, when I do read, like, I try to, like, I, I say, like, this is for, like, the greatest and highest good of those that are going to listen to this reading. Um, but sometimes, like, for what I do myself, like, sometimes it just has to be that, like, harsh truth, right? Like, Rachel, you were saying, like, sometimes you need that. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I, I don't have personal experience with decks like that, though, that you're talking I say it is a delicate balance because as I am like listening to myself talk and, and you're pointing it out as well, there's such a delicate balance between the picture on the card is a portal to the universal energy that is symbolized by that card. Mm-hmm. And the symbols resonate because they come from a historic lineage of like a cross, a force line cross means this kind of thing, right? Uh, or blue crayfish means this. And um, when you t- strip that away, you're, there's like a reliance more on the mental thing. And it's such a, such a delicate balance between relying on your bank of facts in your mental encyclopedia and then relying on the actual image that is in front of you because mm-hmm. you're using this deck, using this image for a particular reason and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that reminder to get off my high horse. <laughs> Ooh, something just came up for me when you were talking about that specifically, like looking at the imagery just right now. Um, So I I just want to respond to that for a moment in that I've been playing with this idea lately. So this is, this is live and raw and messy and I don't, I haven't drawn conclusions on it yet, but that, that like, yes, the tarot is divination and like, yes, we're receiving downloads and we're accessing archetypal information and higher consciousness. And, you know, we're, tapping into lineage and ancestry. Um, And also I feel like the conversation is lacking in talking about what an artistic experience it is that we're really able to experience art in a deeper way. And then finding ways to embody that, embody that feeling and like pass it on to others through our readings where yes, like we're, we're bridging information and we're bringing in next steps, but this, invitation to experience the art more fully has been coming through for me. So when you just said that, it felt like this resonance. And I just love that because I have some decks. It's mostly, I'll say the novelty decks and I'm not dissing novelty decks. Like the golden girls tarot is one of my favorites to work with, but there are a lot of novelty decks where they really um, like play on the pop culture of it. And yet it's almost like they didn't have a tarot reader coming and saying like, you can't just fill illustrations into these 78 cards willy nilly. Like you have to actually be honoring the tradition and the method. And like the Hocus Pocus deck, I was like, that is such, that was such a window of opportunity for everyone involved in like creating the Hocus Pocus deck. Hocus Pocus was definitely like one of my favorite movies for many years growing up. And so when I heard that they were, 
coming out with the deck, I was so excited about it. I was like, yes, oh my gosh, this is such like core gen X, Y, Z millennial witch culture is like, this was our, a lot of our portals, especially growing up in a very Christian household as well. Like Hocus Pocus was okay. Um, and they really missed the mark with that deck. It was really upsetting. So where it just felt like they threw in a bunch of symbology, they put characters where they wanted, um, Anyway, this isn't like a diss podcast, but I just feel like we we are being called to like go deeper into the artistry of it and what that means. I'd love to hear more of how you experience the artistry, both in your reading and what you're talking about with decks and that kind of thing. Yeah. So for me, it's it's a very similar experience as you know, when you're walking through an art gallery, like where if you are standing at a certain angle, you're going to be experiencing the piece differently. If the light's hitting it in a certain way, you're going to experience it differently. And I really feel like I approach readings in that way where like, I do honor that there are meanings behind these cards. There are reversal meanings, there are astrological connections. There's, there's all of the symbology baked in and I honor that, but I also allow myself to experience that piece or that piece of art, that card in whatever way is going to bring in the information for my highest and greatest good, like Larissa was saying. And so I've read tarot for going on five years now. And, um, I had never noticed there are these huge breasts on the sphinxes in the chariot card in the original Rider Waite Smith deck. (laughs) And I was like, I did not know that the chariot sphinxes were like rocking up with D cups. And I was like, that brings this whole different level for me to the reading where I was like, oh my gosh, how nourishing, like how abundant, how, you know, I just feel so nourished going on that journey with that chariot. That's how I brought it through at that moment. Now I can't unsee the boobs, but like up until that point, I've pulled that card. I don't know how many times I've taught on that card before. And I had never noticed that. And so like art, you see what you are supposed to see and experience when you're supposed to see and experience it. And it will always be evolving because we are always evolving. Our perception is always evolving. There's so many things that just blew my fucking doors right off that like... I'm amazed. Okay, first off, the Sphinx is on the chariot. I, okay, truth be told, I find the actual illustrations in the Smith Rider weight very confusing. There's things where I like, when they like read off the description of what I'm looking at in the card, they'll be like, there's a man with a red flower holding in, up to the moon and there's a wind. And I'm like, I literally see none of that. There's like a cloaked person, uh, like you know what I mean? Like the illustrations are weird in my mind but that i've always noticed such a strong connection so in the in the smith herder weight there is the high priestess has the pillars is it the b and the j pillars that are black and white and then the sphinx has the black and white are the black and white and i've always been like there must be something there but the boobs make so much sense that it's the feminine wisdom that's doing the carrying because the chariot is such a masculine card and a masculine like rah 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 that like you're doing the thing but it's because you're following the feminine wisdom that just like oh my god yeah yeah right yeah Mm. 
This is why I love talking about the tarot. Like I want to be in this conversation forever. (laughs) I love this. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. What you also said about the art and the artistry makes so much sense because the, so I was just in the Louvre um, a week, a couple weeks ago recently. Um, And like, I've been in the Louvre before. Like I like art. I seek it out. I go to art galleries. I like the history of art. Um, And so I always, if I'm looking at a piece, I always want somebody to explain to me what the symbology was that the artist was using at the time. Um, And the best, when you were talking about this idea of the lineage and the art and all that kind of thing, I was thinking of the Raft of Medusa, um, which was done by uh, Jericho. I'm saying that's super wrong. It's a French name that I'm just like butchering the pronunciation of. But um, the it's the Raft of Medusa is the actual painting. And it's it, absolutely breathtaking painting. It's amazing. It's one of the early romanticism paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just like, it's amazing. And when I was listening to the whole historical significance of it and how it was the first like kind of, you know, like in the newspapers nowadays, there's like the comics that like make fun of the political figures and we kind of satirize um, what our leaders are doing to kind of call attention to it and that kind of thing. This painting, which is like four meters wide and three meters tall, was like the first political satire that had been done in a public arena. And this painting was like very prominently displayed in like a very fancy club and like people had access to it who had never had access to this kind of commentary on leadership and that kind of thing at that time. And so, and listening to that, it was like the painting, just you look at it differently. You interact with it differently. The sense of awe and like wonder is shaped differently than just being like, oh, there's some dudes on a raft and that guy's dead and like cool lighting. And then you carry on. Um, It's just, it's so... That's fascinating. It's fascinating to me. Because one of the things that I was taught um, with, as I mentioned, is that the this card is a window. It's a portal into a universal energy. And so the deck that you're using, the card that you get in that deck, it's important. Because while we have our list of characteristics, there's that deeper thing. And to think of doing that with a painting as well, like an actual physical painting, chef's kiss. That's amazing. Rachel, how is this resonating for you? I, I'm sitting here just in awe as well because symbolism is actually something that I really struggle with. Um, and I always, I'll even like hold the cards, like during my recorded session, I'll hold them up closer to the camera. So if someone, if my person receiving wants to pull imagery from it, I, I give that invitation because that is something that my brain for some reason just doesn't even like riddles or like es- escape rooms when things are in like code. My brain is just like, mm. <laughs> so, so hearing Liz speak about that specific card, I was like, yeah, I had the same moment where I was like, well, duh, like, why didn't I, haven't I seen this before? And so now I'm going to do, now I'm going to make that a, um, I'm going to make that a goal to kind of dig a little bit further into the, the symbolism of it all, because I know that there, I know that that will just like allow even more expansion and hopefully, um, you know, maybe it'll take me a a few times to, to have it actually click. But yeah, I mean, especially because tarot is so much like the artwork of it is all symbolism, but 
yeah, like expanding on like, um, you know, decks that are just that just come out like purely for a trend or pop culture, then I could see where that would be like for people who love to pull that symbolism, you open it and you're kind of like, oh, shit, you know, these are just illustrations that are that are done well, but I can't I can't pull as much from them. So, yeah, you've got you guys have given me a lot to think about. Yeah, I know, Liz, you talked about that Hocus Pocus deck. I haven't actually seen the deck that you're talking about, but I 100% believe you that they just, like, slap movie stills onto cards and, like, carried on. Um, that just seems to check out very, very much. The And it's so, like, Rachel, what you were saying, I know what I'm reading, the images that I'm looking at, like, I have the mental Rolodex, but it is, it's blank. The search page is blank <laughs> until there's a card in front of me. Yes. And something in the image pops off and then that like goes in the mental search by image function <laughs> and then it pops out the information and I'm like here there's here you go um the and so yeah when you get those decks like what you're describing Liz with that hocus pocus deck it's like there's there's nothing there's nothing to Im- input the re- in right. reverse image search doesn't work yeah because there's nothing in there mm-hmm it's really interesting how you just described that too, because I got really curious maybe around like September, October of last year, like what physically is happening when you pull a card? Like what's happening in my brain really? And you just described the exact process that happens, but without like without putting the physiological words on it or the anatomy words on it. But it's like, that's literally what's happening. Like we're combing our long-term memory for a pattern or recognition and then it sends it through our emotional center in our brain and then we verbalize it. Mm -hmm. And so just like hearing you say that, I was like, talk about leading with the feminine energy, like with the chariot, when you just said that, um, which I loved, like talk about leading with the feminine energy saying like, we innately know things. We innately experience things. And to, and I feel like the tarot really comes in as that mirror or also that checkpoint for our vulnerability to be like, you can trust yourself. You do know this. Stay curious. Keep asking questions. You got it. So just to touch on the artwork thing, like I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. Something that this deck asked me to do was like to pull cards and just like go into them. And like be in there and talk to the like the images and like be a part of the conversation there and really get to know that card. And so like that's what I did. Like I I really built a relationship with this deck. Um and then so that Rolodex thing, like, yeah, like I said before, like I, it's like I don't know where this is coming from, but I, I do, but this is just, you know being able to remember like what I know about them, but also the feeling that comes with it and like trusting the feeling that it's not my ego. It's not my pride. Like it's not Larissa. It is, I am acting as a channel. Um, and so releasing the judgment and the fear has been a process for sure. Um, and I think maybe that's why I haven't done this as much as I should, could be doing it. Um, but it's like, 
yeah, it is that, that innate knowing, like I really liked how that was said. Um, cause it's not, it's not me. It, it's not me speaking to you when I do this. Like it's, it's really neat how that works. And to be able to trust myself is something that I never thought I could do growing up. And so now as an adult, learning how to do this in this way with tarot cards is like, it's such a gift. It really is such a gift. Um, and to be able to share that with others, like, I think I'm being called out a little bit. Like I, <laughs> I can share it with others. Um, but I'm, I'm choosing to like, I guess be in solitude a little bit. Um, but eventually I know like it's going to happen. I have a reading with Laura after this, like it's going to happen. like the opening of my heart. Um, it's going to open because that's what needs to open up right now is, is that space. Um, but it does. And when I do read for people like, you know, the feedback is just like, wow. And it's like, you know, that didn't come from me, but it's that knowing and, and that trusting. So yeah, kind of a tangent. But thanks. <laughs> okay. So thinking about how you've just said that and how Liz was saying that, and so like how this all goes together that like, just thinking about so in my language, that like reverse image search, right? Of that like blank screen of the of the search page, that's like, it's that practice of clearing out your ego and letting your ego slide off and let go and letting that blank slate go on there so that you can hop back into the long-term memory like you were saying, Liz, right? And the long-term memory, as the way I've been taught, is that there, there is the long-term memory that exists in my body. I have hard drive space in deep storage that I can access through my body, through my mind, through whatever practices and techniques to go into the stuff that I have physically absorbed so far in this, in this individual life. And then there's also the cloud storage that that's connected to where there's the cache and there's that deeper um, worldwide web connected of all the soul information as well on the iCloud and the taking the leap over that, over that wall, over that ego, over that blank search screen, you know, that's the practice of it. That's the practice of going in on the daily and cultivating that trust with yourself. Cause literally what you're doing is you're, is you're sidestepping the stories that you have about yourself and you're sidestepping the collected beliefs and that kind of thing that exist in your conscious mind that exist in the 10% that you use and you're acting from and that your personality operates through on your day to day and going back into that simply like that space that you can't judge in the space where things just are that space where information just exists and that information is of you and it is you and you're giving your you're gifting yourself the opportunity to talk without the mortal filters that you have adopted in this life right i'm using you as the royal you i'm not telling you larissa how you're doing your life um but the right and so there's the different steps and the different layers that you get to take with this and and it's so common I've heard so many people say whether it's tarot or like literally whatever type of reading it is and I have absolutely 100% done this myself where you're like so chicken shit scared to actually say the thing that has come that is like banging on the door to get out um 
to whoever you're reading for. If it's yourself, if it's another person, all of that kind of thing. Like every single person that I know who has taken clients has gone through that at some point or is still in that. And um, yeah, I don't know. To me, I've always been the person where when something, not always, I have developed the ability to whenever something scares me, I'm just like, <laughs> fuck you, now we get to go into that. And so, to myself. And so when those moments come up of like, I don't want to say this, it's like, too bad. Now we're going double hard. Like, <laughs> let's go. And so the the fear of saying those things to clients had to evaporate quickly because it was like, now you have to go there. Anyways, but yeah, just I'm just marveling at that step back into yourself, into your knowledge. And if it's helpful at all, Larissa, I just from having you in this conversation and seeing just how soft and gentle you are, I just feel like you would be a perfect person to get a reading from, from people who might need that gentleness. And I think, you know, it's hard to give ourselves credit, especially when there's a lot of like, if you want to call celebrity tarot readers out there now, YouTube, Instagram, everywhere, TikTok, I'm not really on there, but I know they're on there. <laughs> so it's, it's hard watching, you know, coming from a past where it is hard to trust yourself and you're watching these people just be like have the most like you know fiery out, outgoing leo like i'm just gonna deliver this as it is energy and you know it's hard when you're you know your power is more gentle and it's it's safe but a lot of people need that especially people who have experienced um you know a lot of um shocks in their life like shocks to their system so you are somebody that I would you know seek out a reading from because my system needs the needs to be filtered through that softness for the blow because it's like I've taken a lot of blows already and so I I don't I don't need the the loud you know the loud person and not shitting on that at all it's just a matter of like nervous system preference but yeah, if that's if that's helpful at all, that's that's what I'm feeling. <laughs> Thank you, Liz. Did you want to add anything? Well, I was making the connection about how Larissa was saying, like it's not me. It's I'm a channel, but it's not me saying it. Um, when she's receiving, you know, when you're receiving feedback, sorry for talking about you in the third person. Um, but when you're receiving feedback, you're like, Oh, it's not me. And total that totally resonated with me. And then Lauren, what you said about, you know, sometimes we can hold back on like giving it to someone straight and being like, well, this is just the way it's coming in. And, uh, but it's like, it goes both ways where it's like, it's not you, you're a channel for it. And you know, on the other side, it's not you, you're a channel for it. And I found that that really opened me up a lot more because I would, I would sit in readings and feel super nervous because mm -hmm. I was like, how am I going to say this to those people? And what I did was like, when you were talking about the ego, one thing that's been fun for me to play with is like tasking my ego during readings and being like, it's your job to find the right answer. 
like for the cards. And so my ego gets really stuck in being like, I got to get it right. I got to get it right. And like finding those traditional meanings. And then like, while that one's distracted, then I feel like that's how I kind of visualize it. Like my channel can then just come through and be like, okay, we're not going to have that bozo over here (laughs) slowing the flow. Um, But I like that feeling of like, it's, it's not you, like you're the channel. So whether it's good news or bad news, you know, you're, you're creating safe space for it all. And I also watched a live reading from Larissa that she did at three in the morning the other day. And I really enjoyed it. I was like, this is exactly what I needed. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Thanks for watching. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. The, um, something just so profound just clicked for me and it has evaporated, which is too bad. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Rachel, when you were talking about the softness and the nervous system preference for readers and all of that kind of thing, and Larissa hearing your story and that kind of thing too, I am curious, curious about how the readers in general, not thinking of a specific person, probably I'm thinking about myself, but um, the thinking about how readers in general, how we go through the process of learning tarot. I have yet to hear a person who has learned about tarot and been like, oh yeah, I just was like so curious one day. I just saw this thing and just thought it was so great. I was in such a healthy, happy place and I was just loving my life and just thought this would be a cool skill to pick up, like doing nails or something like that, right? Everybody's Everybody has been through a personal journey and has come to the tool because they're like, oh fuck, how do I live through this? And it becomes a way to learn about yourself. And, and, and then the practice of then flipping that script and externalizing it and selling it essentially becomes kind of embedded with how you, how we all learned it imported it. Right. Is this making sense? And so I'm just curious what, your guys thoughts are on this whole because it ties in with capitalism and a capitalist society and how we monetize um at what point is it are you monetizing your trauma and trying to capitalize on our own hurt and at what point are you like not doing that? I don't know what the opposite of that is. I just, this is a very nebulous question because I do not have a solid opinion on this. It's just kind of something that's been like floating in my mind for a week or two. Um, so I'm, I'm going to throw that out to the group if anybody has thoughts on it. Ooh, that's deep. I feel like it's been something that I've I've thought about a lot, but I don't know how to articulate where that you know where it's going (laughs) because I think I've seen it framed where the idea of I think I've seen it framed where this is it can be a negative thing because it's like you're participating in a capitalist society and this should be frowned upon because you these tools like tarot should be kept sacred and exempt from capitalist society and so um 
you shouldn't try and monetize your experience or that kind of thing because it needs to be kept pure or something from a capitalist society, which also just feels like nonsense because it's like, well, well, we live in a capitalist society. This isn't never, never land. Like as much as I would love to have this like pure 100% thing, I also literally have to feed myself. And so the, I think that's where the like question has lied for me is it's not that it's not that it's like inherently good or bad that the practice of externalizing these tarot readings um, is in fact part of the capitalist machine, if you will. Um, but how do we do it in an ethical and responsible way mm. to our readers and to ourselves? Yeah, I think I've, I've kind of had a similar conversation just in talking with people on how they, how they price their sessions or um, I was listening to, I think a, a podcast centralized around like um, psychedelic guides or um, just guides in general in, in other cultures that still support people with, with gifts and they are instead of like just telling them, oh, you need to you need to forget all of that and like get yourself a job like we would here in like Western. They they give them like a mentor and they give them tools to cultivate their gifts and they're given that that trade of like, okay, you have this gift that you're given giving back to the community and in return we give you community, housing, food, all of that. And in our capitalistic structure that would be amazing but we we don't have that so we you know we do have to charge because we have we have to participate in this fucking race to survive so because it's like how do you I still don't know the answer it's like how do you put a number on something like that because it's gonna just vary how much you know where you live or if you are participating in like more than one income, like it's, there's so many questions there and it, it sucks because it's like, I would love to give these gifts, you know, without charging, especially because in the capitalistic structure, the people at the bottom probably need the readings the most, but I also have to keep the computer on <laughs> to do the readings. So that's tough. It's tough. So I'm interested to see how you guys feel about that too. Yeah. I feel like I grapple with this all the time, you know, for myself where, like you said, we are living in capitalism. It was popping in my head when you were talking, Lauren, I was like, well, it sounds like we're all getting the call to dismantle some capitalism, <laughs> um, which I definitely feel the call to do in, in many ways. Um, and I know that there are many around the world who are, questioning and who are getting curious in bigger and bigger ways and saying like, what are we actually participating in here? Because we all have gifts, you know, not to make it like kumbaya, but like we all have gifts and how many people are stuck in a cubicle somewhere who, you know, who knows, could be like the most incredible wood carver or something, you know, 
something beautiful or like an amazing gardener or someone who can really read the weather and be an incredible farmer or something. And, and we're shoved into cubicles and we're told like, you better live paycheck to paycheck and not complain and not think too much of yourself and always be in fear. And so when we're, you know, stepping into our gifts, it's really hard to like divest ourselves from, okay, I'm not participating in capitalism anymore. Um, and I'm just going to go and use these gifts and and hope that the community can support me. And so like, I just, I feel like the more energy that I'm putting into these questions and the more curious I can be and letting myself kind of go to the dark corners of how I'm participating in it and upholding it or maintaining the structure. Um, that feels like we're really starting something. Maybe it's personal and it's in my life, but like I'm putting a lot of energy into it and I feel that there are a lot of us out there doing that. So the more that we're like feeding the energy in, I feel like we can kind of bring that consciousness to a lot more people into like, what do we do now? Can you talk more about what you're talking about with feeding new energy into it to create something new? Yeah. So that relates in this practice. Yeah. Um, So I really feel like I've been like coming into the knowledge of like how, when we, use our thought energy to focus on things. And like when there are many of us kind of collectively focusing our thoughts in certain ways, like we start seeing those ideas materialize in new and innovative ways. Sometimes that's used for what I would consider the greater good. And sometimes I think it's used to the detriment of humanity. But so when I'm saying like feeding energy and I'm saying like being in that curious state of mind, like letting your thought energy, your curiosity, you're like, what if, or how do I, or, you know, just kind of like being in that space of curiosity and openness and play. I feel like we're collectively like plugging into something greater, Um, like really plugging into something in the field where those answers are going to start being able to come through because so many of us are like activating those answers. Does that answer your question? Yes. It does. And I, part of me was, I had a hard time listening because I started daydreaming already. Um, Because the, (laughs) to be totally honest, um, because what really got me excited about what you were saying is that I have a very strong belief that like we all have our gifts and we all feel the best when we exercise those gifts to their fullest extent and to our fullest ability of them and that of the mix of people that are in this world there is a mix that exists um, where in community all of our gaps that we need are filled because there are as many people as there are needs in the world and that we all exist to feed and work together with each other's needs and so the idea I'm trying to think of the language that you used and I, I'm going to use my own language, but I think it builds on what you were saying is that that idea of answering the call of whatever it is that you are innately excited by and you know, like can't stop thinking about and like all that kind of thing um, is the important part. And so it's the part that I find interesting is I actually, okay, I, this is, gonna this is a bit of a dirty word I'm gonna actually go out there and say this I actually when we think about 
textbook capitalism and like the actual like Adam Smith original recipe capitalism, not how capitalist operates today, because what we deem as capitalism right now is not actually capitalism. It's like some distorted, ugly cousin of it. It's not actually capitalism. But the original recipe capitalism, I'm not, I, I, it checks out for me. It works for me. I, I like the concept actually, because in a society where we are all fully able to answer the call of your soul and you're able to exercise it with no constraints, that is in my mind, the recipe for the greatest fulfillment for everybody across the board. And being able to exchange for those services and that kind of thing is a way of capturing the feeling of fulfillment and proliferating the feeling of fulfillment across a society. And so then when we bring this back to tarot, if you have that ability to, and you just want to sit and like in a flowy dress and just like read tarot and like just live your life doing this thing, that like you being able to present that and do that and execute on that to your fullest ability um, gives you the ability to participate in capitalism and also fulfillment and like that's the one-two punch that like that's your step past that's your dismantling is and I know that I'm saying that we use it to get through it which is a weird concept that's not totally baked in my brain yet um, but the have I derailed myself? I don't think so. I think I'm almost there. I think I'm no. I love where there. you're going. Okay, yeah, keep going. I think I need. I think I need somebody else to like tag in here so that my brain can catch up to where my mouth <laughs> is. Um, I like everything you're saying, Lauren. It makes so much sense. Um, I think being being true to ourselves is something as a society. It, it's deemed like like I don't know. Tarot was deemed woo woo by a lot of my friends and friends and family. And, you know, there was some judgment or whatever, but like to, like, I'll use my auntie, for example, like she's super intuitive, but she's a nurse and she like, she's predicted things for me all like, and she's like, Oh, I was thinking about so-and-so and then they called me and it was like, yeah, I'm like, there you go. Like, and I try to like encourage that. And like, she knows it. Um, but I think the more that, that we, like the people I know and like the spiritual community here that have like, especially in the past three years, like really stood in their power and their truth and just like, I don't know, not gone with the flow just to get along. Like we, we stood with what we knew in our hearts. Right. And so if we can do that, um, that encourages other people, you know, like, and so to wrap like into, like, I would love to be able to live in a community where we traded services. Like, I think that's so, that's, that's what we used to do. Right. And then it just, it, it became like this, this rat race of go, go, go. And I have to provide everything all the time for myself and it's like, no, like that's, that's like a disconnect from your community. Like you look at, like, I have a bunch of people in my life that are having babies soon and like how important that community is for them as mothers. Right. Um, and, uh, it's the same here with tarot practicing. Like it can, it can feel 
it doesn't feel that way for me anymore, but like lonely when you're trying to like get to know your deck and, and what to do with charging in. Um, you know, I had to wrap my head around, like, I'm worthy of this. Like, this is a gift that I'm using my energy for and my energy is worth something. That's like, if I go, like, I'm a healthcare aide by trade. So like, when I go work for somebody, like my energy is worth something. And so is when I tune in to this energy and I'm using that space. And so it, for me, it was like that, what is my time worth? And I kind of, that's what I did. And I don't know. I have to put food on the table, right? And it's not that I do this, like, not that I read in any capacity to make a, like, do a side job off yet. But, like, um, you know, that that brings me some peace. Like, it's not, not so much that I think about, oh, I'm participating in this because, like, I've done things where I have done trades. Like, oh, you do this? Like, let's do an energy exchange, you know? And so, like, that feels good. Um, but, Yeah. That's all I got for that. <laughs> Did that help you? Did that give you some space and time, Lauren? Do you remember? <laughs> yes, it does. And I think that I actually did come to my conclusion earlier. The more that I've like been able to marry it in this, the more that I just love what I said before. And I'm like, I think that's it. I think that we exist to be in community. We exist to be fully fulfilled. And that trading... Um, either trading service and service and good for good or using money as a metric to do that in the middle. I'm a fan of. Liz, I want to hear about your, your upcoming thing that you're selling tickets for. So speaking of dismantling capitalism. um, Yeah. So we host, we live on a small Island in the West of Sweden, right outside of Gothenburg. And when we moved out here, my husband's Swedish and we were living in Dubai and we were like, we got to go somewhere else other than Dubai once we started having kids. And so we were like, we're going to go to Sweden because why not? And we moved to this island and when we got here, that this is exactly where I had my awakening was like in these ancient woods here. And it's this little piece of land that comes out of the ocean and on it they have... Um, different Viking burial grounds. They have like Stone Age artifacts here. Like there's something about this space that keeps attracting people here throughout human history, like that people find it. And we also found our ways here. And so last summer, we, my husband and I hosted our first retreat on this island called the Motherland Retreat. And it was basically five days of me taking the place of the tarot, like me being the key or the guide or the window through which people could really connect back to their truths and also to like the universal truths that exist around us. And we did that by like deep immersion into the nature here, like going to sacred spots, going to um, do different rituals at different places. And my husband ran a an intuitive art workshop. So everybody went home with like their canvas piece of art that they had intuitively brought through cold water plunges, like all of this. So it's this incredible spiritual experience as well as a whole lot of fun because we make it kind of summer campy and we're hosting that again this summer. So that's for, that's for anyone who's interested in taking the really deep dive. 
you want to meet a human tarot guide. <laughs> I love it. That sounds like that would be a ton of fun yeah. to host and to just like let yourself sink that deep for five days. Like, fuck yes. Yeah. And this year, like after last year, suddenly all these people started contacting me and being like, Hey, we're an osteopath team. Like we'd come and we'd love to come and do body work sessions. If you want us to come, I was like, yeah, you can come if you're cool about it. And, and they are. <laughs> um, and also like, you know, there's a floating sauna out in the ocean here with like, where it's like a wood fired sauna and like a wood fired finish hot bath right outside of it. And so like you take Nordic sauna, you know, where you're like fully naked in the sauna jumping in the water into the cold, then back into the hot and just like opening and closing your whole physical energetic field (laughs) over and over. It's July 15th through the 20th. Awesome. Awesome. That sounds phenomenal. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's really awesome. Does Ryanair fly up there? Ryanair will get you. uh, Yeah, it will. It'll get you to Gothenburg. Yeah, we take care of everything. Like basically from when you land, we, we're your transportation out to like, we take care of everything for you. So you just like take your hands off the wheel for five days and just like heal. Mm. I feel like I've been doing that so much in my life right now. I just felt like, okay, Jesus, take the wheel. It'd be so nice to actually have an actual person there. (laughs) Actually take the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the wheel for you. Yeah, and if you've never experienced a Swedish midsummer, we host our own midsummer party, even though it's not exactly midsummer, but so like we take you through the full experience. <laughs> it's nothing like the movie, by the way. <laughs> that was I read that on your website earlier with the Midsummer Festival. I was like, oh, I hate that they make movies, horror movies about all this stuff. Like I can't just There's me. something so magical about midsummer and whenever I pull the sun card like to bring it back to tarot for a second whenever I pull the sun card like I think of that feeling you get when you're like in Scandinavia on midsummer and like it's sunshine 24 hours and you're just like this is the best day of my life I feel so plugged into these people to the earth to the energy to the sun it's like there's nothing like it is it literally the sun is like 24 hours that day up there? Yeah. I know, in Gothenburg. I know nothing about this tradition. That's okay. In Gothenburg, um, we're like a bit south in Sweden. And so we get about two hours of, I call it like dusk at night, that time of year. I wouldn't say that it ever gets pitch black, but when you're up in Stockholm and like a little bit north, it's the 24 hour sun. So for us, it's like the sun starts rising at three and it goes down after midnight. <laughs> so it's intense. Cool. Yeah. You just soak it in. Wow. That sounds so cool. It also sounds moderately horrifying. I feel like I would be much more comfortable in an all day night. Um, but the Which we have on like offer it, too. Yes. That sounds like it would be super, super cool to experience. Yeah, I really like being in the shadow time of the year, not going to lie, where I'm like, oh, I get to really hermit and just be inside a lot. Mm-hmm. Give me all the sun in the summer. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're like the sphinxes in the chariot. We're, we're, taking, we're like, we'll take the dark. And you're like, we want the light. Yes, I'm Great. Really 
the, um, that's so cool. Okay. So I, I'm now deeply fucking curious because of Liz, what you brought up about the chariot cart. I am so curious. I want to do, I want to go around and I want to hear what everybody's like favorite card is or the card that you have had the most like holy shit moments about the one, like something that has just like blown your socks off um, about a card or three cards. Like I'm not picky, but um, the, I'm, I'm incredibly curious now. I'd love to hear. Mm. I'll start if you need a want brainstorming time. Um, because so my favorite, one of my favorite cards is the moon card. Um, and I believe I learned this from Lindsay Mack who has the podcast tarot for the wild soul. Um, but I haven't actually done her courses. I've just listened to her podcast and, um, she talks about the moon card and what I think this came from her one of the things that she described was that the moon card is the actual lover's card in the way that like the hanged man is the actual death card and stuff like that. But that the moon card though, because of the symbology on it, the blue crayfish represents um, intuitive wisdom and internal wisdom and that kind of thing. And the way that it's coming up in the middle um, and coming from the depths and up into like kind of a more conscious sphere and that the two animals on the card which again are black and white there's the wolf and the dog and then it's these two things coming together they're they're coming together look both looking at the moon and the like the unity in it is actually a symbol of like two lovers coming together right like a man and a woman if we want to use that symbology but it's like two different elements that are coming together um in one element that have this wisdom rising between them and that this that the moon and the wateriness of it. Um, lots of people interpret the moon to be this like it's unseen things and it's unseen whatever and it's kind of unstable is how I've heard a lot of people interpret it. But the thing is, is that the moon has a full moon image on it. You can always see in the full moon. The full moon is not a problem. It's the new moon where you have less clarity. And so the moon card to me has rarely been about this like obscure we're not really sure what's happening it's like this melding of your inner wisdom and your ego and your like conscious mind and like all of these things I think I use the same word multiple times but like it's the it's this melding of the different parts of you coming together and it is a true and it's an and it's a herald of true romance and like romantic love and that kind of thing mm-hmm. I love that um yeah the tower is one that comes up often for me. Um, I think because I'm such, I'm, I'm just so stuck in my ways and my will a lot that to remember to, to turn that over to spirit creator universe, the universe, like just to be able to release that and know that my way isn't always necessarily the right way usually it never is like it, it's it's led me to great places like I, I believe everything happens for a reason so like those those tower moments like when they happen in my life like they're usually not subtle <laughs> and um any any page cut or any page card sorry um just to remember to bring play into my life um is just 
always something I need to be reminded of because I can be so rigid and so like, it has to happen this way. And by this means, but like never fucking does. Like I need to just like, like let go and, and trust because I know I'm supported. I know that things always work out in the greatest and highest good, even if it doesn't feel like it in the present moment, like there's always a reason. And so any, yeah, any page card and the tower is usually like, there are some of my favorite cups and reminders. Or pages and reminders. Hmm. So I'll share mine because um, it kind of goes along with a little bit what you were saying at the end, Larissa, about the pages is my two that popped in my head when you asked that, because I was like, I love all of these cards equally. They're like my children. <laughs> but then I was like, okay, if I had to choose, it would be Ace of Wands and the Magician. And then like the high priestess was trying to like elbow her way in and be like, what about me? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll take those three. Um, and what I feel like is the greatest commonality in those, because I feel like those energies are very common mm-hmm. to me. Like mm-hmm. there's a commonality there. And the red thread for me is really that, um, you know, that invitation to create or play or like be here in my body in this life and actually do something with that. And maybe I don't have the answer or the outcome in mind, which frustrates the heck out of me. But it's like that magician is basically it's like the ace of wands feels almost like a zoom in on the magician where like the magician's handing me the wand and be like, Hey, you know how to quiet that inner saboteur? Like, here's the wand, start creating some magic. Mm. And then the high priestess like opens my channel and it just all gets to come in. I love those answers. It's a fucking mic drop. (laughs) I love that. I think, um, yeah, man, this is hard. This is hard to choose. I feel like mine probably fluctuates a little bit. Um, I have found that just experiencing a lot of like major life overhauls the past four years that the star card, whenever that, oh, whenever she flies out, I mean, not only is it just like the Aquarius card, but it's also like, it represents for me, like, the dawn after the, the dark. And so whenever I see it, I have like a, an actual somatic response in my body. And then anything, um, like three of cups, six of cups, um, those, when those are coming out in readings for myself, I'm just like, fuck, I'm finally able to like actually, um, sit in these water elements for a little bit um, just because that is so absent from <laughs> my default. Um, I'm usually in like a lot of um, young energy, masculine. So when those are there, I'm just like, man, would you just like let yourself celebrate like with your, your childhood best friend or, you know, the three women around you. So yeah, but man, those pages too, though, like, that refreshing, playful feeling is also hard to beat. Like, yeah. But I know we could all talk about this until <laughs> for another six hours. So I'll leave it there. <laughs> no kidding. The um, It's so funny you said the star. Right before you said that, I was, I was thinking about the star card. And I just, 
out of nowhere just started thinking about it and was like I always find it so confusing whenever it comes up like it's a guide but it's also a release somehow it's the Aquarius know every like society thinking but it's a single star there's so many elements of it that I'm like there will be a phase in my life where the star will like hit and it has a word it's not there yet it will Awesome. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for joining me today. This has been a phenomenal conversation about tarot. Um, I may have to rope you guys back in again to do this again because this was a fabulous start. And I feel like there is legions more to go through um, when it comes to tarot. This one specific tool in general. There are so many tools that this conversation applied to today. But I think we could like so all roads lead to Rome, right? Anyways, thank you so much, ladies, for joining me today. And thank you to all our listeners for sticking us through, sticking through with us. And thank you to all of our listeners for sticking with us to the end of this episode. This has been casually profound. Um, new episodes come out every Thursday. And if you'd like to join us on these episodes, please send us a message. I am Lauren on Instagram, literally. That's my handle. I am Lauren. Um, or you can send us a message over at casually profound. And uh, we will see you next week. <laughs>